The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. So we're here today because we've come to the house of the Lord to worship the Lord. We come to hear the Word of God, and it is my quest as a pastor, not just to preach and teach the Word of God, but to teach you how to live. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. And so my primary focus is not to prepare you for heaven. Let me say that again. My primary focus is not to, pre is to prepare you for heaven. That's secondary. You got to live. And some of you got a lot of living to do more than others before the Lord calls you home to heaven. So Jesus said, I am come that you may have life and that you may have life more abundantly. People of God, we have to learn how to live. And the quality of your life will always be predicated on you standing on the Word of God, you being obedient, a doer of God's Word. Amen? Amen. This morning, I'm going to uh, ask you to open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis is a very important book in the Bible. It's the beginnings. And one of the things I like about Genesis is that you should always start there. That there's a lot of furor and uproar in the country about abortion rights, same-sex rights, you name it. Let me just keep it real with you. I'm not pro-life or pro-choice. I'm pro-God and his word. And the first thing I notice in the book of Genesis, one of the first things God did after he created Adam and Eve, the, one of the very first things he did was give them the power of choice. Hmm? He gave them the freedom of choice. That was God's way of certifying their personhood. Without a choice, you're not much of a person. That was God's way of saying, you're created in my image and after my likeness. And so you can wear those political labels all you want and argue different ways on different issues, but I go back to the Word of God. In fact, I was in a conversation with, with, with a pastor friend uh, from Indiana, and, and, um, and I just told him, I don't begin talking about pro-life. I begin talking about pro-God, pro-Word of God. And when I look at the Word of God, what God wanted everybody to do is make their own choices. But all your choices are not right. But like God told Adam and Eve, there are consequences for the choices you make. In fact, God has said to Adam, he said, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil, you shall not eat of that tree. For in the day you do, you shall surely die. But he gave him a choice. And I want to pick it up this morning at Genesis 
chapter 3, verse 4. Genesis chapter 3, verse 4. And today I want to talk just for a few minutes on the subject, making judgments apart from God. We beat up on ourselves all the time because we're making judgments apart from God. We beat up on other folk all the time because we're making judgments apart from God. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 4, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. Everybody say the devil's a liar. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. And that's the very thing God told them he didn't want them to know. That was the very fruit God said don't eat. Don't eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of his fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open. Now they're feeling guilt. They're feeling shame. And they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. This is what guilt does. When you feel guilty about anything, there's a tendency that that guilt will make you want to hide. Verse 9, then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Now, this wasn't a question of geographical location. This was a question of spiritual condition. Adam, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Here, Adam and Eve has made a judgment apart from God. God never told them they were naked. And he said, verse 11, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you should not eat? Making judgments apart from God. Now, I've told you over the last several weeks that the source of guilt is not God. It's not the devil. Come on. It's not other folk. It's you. Huh? And what produces guilt is making judgments apart from God. It was only after Adam and Eve made a judgment apart from God that they felt guilt and shame. But I'm telling you, what God wants us to do is make a commitment. Make a commitment to the gospel. When you're committed to the gospel, when you're committed to the word of God, and if you're still feeling guilt, then you ought to know and you must acknowledge that that guilt originated from within you. And why did that guilt originate from? from within you, because you made a judgment apart from God. 
So you got to be honest about it. You've been operating with knowledge that God didn't give you. You've been operating with a mind that's not in line with the mind of Christ. You've been making judgments apart from God. Now, guilt is a feeling. I've told you that guilt is a feeling. It's a painful feeling of self-reproach because you believe you've done something wrong or something immoral. But feelings are real. Adam and Eve really felt naked. They felt ashamed. They felt guilt. They felt remorse. But feelings don't lie. Feelings do not lie. But people lie about their feelings all the time. Let me say that again. Feelings don't lie. But people lie about their feelings. So many times you've interacted with someone or been in a conversation with someone who had feelings toward you that were negative. But they pretended that those feelings were positive. They pretended that you were all right or everything was all right. And some people just won't be honest about it, but feelings do not lie, but people lie about their feelings. And what we got to be careful with is lying to ourselves. Hmm? I believe it was my Angelo that said, You won't remember, or you may forget what somebody said. You may even forget what somebody did. But you never forget how somebody made you feel. Come on now. Some people, you don't want to be around them because they give you a bad feeling. Huh? They make you feel small. They're condescending toward you. And so you may forget. You may forget that person's name. You may forget anything they've said. You may forget anything they did, but you never forget how they made you feel. And I believe this is paramount. We as ambassadors of Christ, we're in the business of making people feel at their best. We're not about condemning people. We want people to feel at their best because the God who created them is a mighty great God. Did you hear what I said? We got to be honest with ourselves. Many times we're feeling, we have feelings of anger, bitterness. We're disgusted about something or someone. Sometimes we're just uptight. You ever seen folks that's always uptight? Just uptight. Those are feelings. But you got to face it. If you're angry, If you're bitter, if you're just so downright disgusted, you're just uptight. You got to be honest that maybe, maybe you made some judgments apart from God because God didn't, 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 he didn't design us for anger. He didn't design us for bitterness. He didn't design us to be disgusted beings. He didn't design us to be uptight. We are to be the people with the joy of the Lord. And so maybe you made some judgments apart from God. We make those judgments against ourselves as well as other folk. 
And many times we try to make ourselves feel better by projecting our feelings on to other people. Is that right? There was a story I read some time ago, and I read another one recently. There was a story about a little girl. She was lost in the forest. She got separated from her mother. The, the mother and the child was at some outdoor event in, in a park, and somehow the little girl got separated from her mother, and she was lost in the forest. They looked for the little girl. They looked for the girl. They couldn't find her. So they, they organized a search party, brought the dogs out, the hound dogs, to help them find this little girl lost in the forest. When they found this little girl lost in the forest, they found her playing with rattlesnakes. Playing with rattlesnakes. How could that little girl have done that? She didn't make any judgments. She didn't make any judgments. She didn't have the knowledge of good and evil. Now, I, I guarantee you, if I was lost in the force, <laughs> see, I have the knowledge of good and evil when it comes to snakes. You know, I walked in the bathroom before I hit the track out at the park a couple weeks ago. I usually hit the, hit the bathroom. I go in the bathroom first so I don't have to interrupt my, my four-mile walk. I walk in the bathroom. There are two snakes in the bathroom. I said, Bladder, you just have to wait. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. But they found this little girl. They finally found her lost in the forest playing with rattlesnakes. Then, it was just last week, I read a story about a little girl in India who sleeps with cobra snakes, and she plays with them. But she hadn't been bit by one of them. How could that be? Because they haven't made any judgments. They haven't made any judgments. And then when you think about the innocence of children, that's the way God wants us to be. You know, one of the things that breaks my heart, and I tell my wife this sometime, it breaks my heart to see little children sick or, or ill or diseased because it's like they're helpless. And, and it, it just, it's just heart-rendering to see a little child but, you know, all childhood diseases or all childhood sicknesses, I should say, hmm, they're not genetic. They're not genetic. We'll be honest about it, okay? They're not genetic at all. For some of them, children pick up on your feelings. Children pick, little children will pick up on your doubts, your fears, and they will pick up on all your feelings of guilt. Some of you have experienced this in this church, I'm sure. You encounter or interact with somebody else's children, and you know something was a little off. That's because the mom and daddy been talking about you. And the child overheard it. And the same way that little child could pause in interacting with you, that's the same way disease will find their way into children because their parents have been saying and doing the wrong thing in the presence of that child. You cannot keep talking doubt and fear and expect your children to be disease-free. You cannot 
keep talking about and lamenting over your guilty feelings and, and not think it's going to affect that child. Huh? I'm just telling you the truth. That's what Adam and Eve did. They made judgments apart from God. We do it all the time. We're hard on ourselves. And sometimes we're harder on others. But what did Jesus say in, in, in the Sermon on the Mount? Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Listen to what Jesus said. He says, judge not that you be not judged. For with the same judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with the same measures you use, it shall be measured to you again. Jesus said the stuff you dish out is coming back. So when he says judge not lest you be judged, there's two sides of the coin. Sometimes we judge ourselves harshly. And other times we're judging others even more harshly. But Jesus said judge not lest you be judged. What was he saying that he was saying condemn not? Do not condemn yourself. Do not condemn other people. Do not try to punish yourself. And certainly you shouldn't punish other people. We should not call our salvation into question because of some feeling we have. We should not call somebody else's salvation into question because of some feeling we have. When you don't have a heaven and hell to put nobody in. You're all caught up in your feelings. Why are you caught up in your feelings? Because you're not caught up in the Word of God. And now you're making judgments apart from God. Jesus says, judge not. Now, what's interesting about that particular statement Jesus made in his sermon, judge not. Judge not. Anytime a sentence begins with a verb, that means you're the subject. Remember we learned in grammar school that a sentence had to have a subject and a predicate. Is that right? But Jesus says, judge not. So if that sentence begins with the verb, that means you're the subject. You're the subject. Consciously and subconsciously. And that's where a lot of stuff happens in our subconscious. Huh? Now, you know, in our, conscious, our consciousness has to do with our thinking. And this is why we can try to fake it till we make it. We can put on airs. We can try to, you know, front, pretend, because that's your conscious mind putting on that act. But subconsciously, that's where you're dealing with all your feelings and emotions. This is why Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, out of the abundance of your subconsciousness, your mouth will open and let it slip. Some people say it's a Freudian slip. No, I think that's what you were really feeling. That was, that's what you were really emoting at that time. And you slipped up. You just slipped up. Now, one thing about our, our emotions and feelings, now, the, the subconscious mind does not operate independent of your conscious mind. Don't operate independent. Hmm? 
So whatever comes out of your conscious mind, it came up from your subconscious. It came up from your emotions and your feelings. Huh? Your, your subconscious can only think in the first person. And so whatever you feel, it's about you. It's about you. Huh? It's always about you. But we want to put it on someone else. I believe the word for that is called projection. We project unto others our shortcomings, our frustrations. We project unto others sometimes the pain we feel. We just put it on others because we think it's going to make us feel all right. That's what Adam and Eve did. When Adam and Eve felt the pain of guilt and shame, Adam blamed Eve and Eve blamed the serpent. And when you really think about it, the serpent wasn't the real enemy in the garden. It was Adam and Eve, enemies of themselves. We, thought, we, we think about our, who our enemies are. The truth is you'll always be your biggest enemy. Jesus also said in the same sermon in chapter 5, verse 43, he says, and you have heard it said that you should love your neighbors and hate your enemies. In other words, love Jews, hate Gentiles. That's what it's really saying. So you've heard it said that you should love your neighbor and hate your enemies. Then Jesus went on to say in that sermon, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Huh? Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Jesus turned that thing around because oftentimes much of the hate we have is about us. It's about us. So if you're operating out of a judgmental framework, or maybe you're operating out of ignorance because you don't know the Word of God, then the only enemy you have is you. That's your enemy. We should love people. Yes, yes, yes. Stop thumping this Bible, saying what God, telling people this ain't right, the other ain't right, you're going to hell. Stop thumping this Bible, talking about gay folks, homosexuals, transgender people, whoever they may be. And I'm not trying to keep up all the letters. Too many of them. Used to be LGBTQ, then it went to plus, they're going to run out of alphabets. But regardless... We're called to love. I just hate gay folks. Uh, some coming out the closet with you. Uh, maybe maybe you, you have some struggles you're trying to work out yourself. Or maybe you got some loved ones like that. Some family members. See, it's easy to talk about what the Bible says you shouldn't do but why do we fall down about what the Bible says we should do? And Jesus says, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them that despitefully use you. 
and abuse you. So our biggest enemy is ourselves. Adam and Eve, their biggest enemy was themselves. Huh? Now let me say this in closing. Judge not, lest you be judged. Why do we judge? Why are we so hard on ourselves? Why do we judge other people and we're hard on them? We're trying to punish them with our words. We're calling their salvation into question. Why are we doing that? It's because we're making judgments apart from God. We're drifting farther and farther away from God. As long as Adam and Eve stayed in the light of God's holiness, they didn't know what good and evil was. Same way little girl lost in the forest can play with rattlesnakes because she didn't know what good and evil was. The farther away, the farther away we get from God, the more we're going to find ourselves judging other folk and understand what it means to be separated from God, to be alienated from God. Know your sin does not separate you from God. It's your thoughts about your sin that separates you from God. God is too big and too great. He's omnipresent, so you really can't separate from him other than in your mind. In your mind, you can separate yourself from God. But Jesus said, judge not, lest you be judged. And he says, with the same judgment you judge, it shall be, you shall be judged by the same judgment. In other words, with the same measure you, 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 you use, you dish it out, it's coming back on you. It's coming back on you. And again, people ain't going to remember what you said. They ain't going to remember what you did, but they are going to remember how you made them feel. How are you going to witness to somebody, tell them about the goodness of God, when you're making them feel like less than? How do you do it? How can you tell them God is a God of love? God is good, but you making them feel your hatred? You making them feel that they're worthless, but you're going to tell them God is good? Jesus was challenging us to get ourselves together. Judge not, lest you be judged. Don't dish it out if you can't handle it because it's coming back. See, you know, what goes around comes around. Huh? So only, in, only in, a, in a state of independence and separation from God do we ever feel wise to judge. See, the woman looked at the tree and saw that it was a tree good for a food, desirable to make one wise. And all the time she was separating herself mentally from her dependence on God, she became independent of God and separated from God. And that led to her making, her and her husband making a judgment apart from God. So only in, in, in that state of independence and separation from God do we ever feel wise enough to judge. And you know what? That's hubris, it's pride, it's ego to think you know something God doesn't know. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship. 
where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.